Welcome to Keeping It Israel, brought to you by First Century Foundation. This weekly podcast explores how your Christian faith connects to Israel and why standing with Israel matters. Now here's your host, Executive Director of First Century Foundations, Jeff Feuders. Well, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Jeff and I'm your host. And today our guest is Peter Sukahira from Mount Carmel in Israel. And uh, Peter, you're a return guest here on the podcast. But uh, for those of you who don't know Peter, let me just tell you a little bit about him. Peter is the co-founding pastor of Kehilat HaKarmel, the executive director of the Or HaKarmel Ministry Center and the founder and the director of the Mount Carmel School of Ministry. Uh, Peter, you've written four books, one that's just about to be released, I understand. And uh, these books uh, have been so helpful to help us understand God's kingdom coming to Israel and to the nations. And so, uh, Peter, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Jeff. It's a, a real pleasure to be with you again today. Thank you for having me on. Well, the pleasure is ours, and uh, we certainly appreciate having gotten to know you and Rita over these last few years. Now, we're going to talk today about replacement theology, and uh, uh, this is kind of a recurring theme on the podcast. We've discussed it with uh, different ones. I think you and I even discussed it when you were on the show the last time, but uh, I want really people to, to fully understand uh, how significant this uh, this ideology is and how damaging it is to to the body of, of Yeshua uh, worldwide Gentile Jewish it doesn't matter this is this is really something that's important for people to grasp and so you know when you when you think about Israel and you're going to explain a little bit to us about what all this means but but let's just start with this you know how many times is Israel mentioned in the Bible well, Jeff, Israel is mentioned in the Bible over 2,300 times. And wow. all of the times uh, that it's used, starting back in uh, Genesis chapter 32, when Jacob wrestles with this um, messenger of God that, that later he says was God himself. Um, his name is changed from Jacob to Israel, which really means someone who uh, persists with God, someone who who uh, struggles with God, wrestles with God, and prevails. And it's a really an, an honored name. And, uh, and then from that point on, uh, the genetic descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which we would know as the Jewish people, have been known as Israel. And the Bible uh, continues that usage consistently uh, throughout the Old Testament and throughout the New Testament as well. Uh, Israel is never used as a name for a people other than uh, the Jewish people. So this is really an, an, an important uh, understanding to begin with. Yeah, that's that's incredible. And I want to I want to ask this. This question is, I think, a little bit tongue in cheek, but uh, and I know what you're going to say. But of all of the times that Israel is mentioned in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, how many times do you think that God actually meant Israel? <laughs> like a hundred percent. You know, it's a, it's 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 a funny thing, but we've uh, because of replacement theology, we Christians have spiritualized that term mm -hmm. and applied it to the church, 
and and left the Jewish people out. Yeah. And the, the roots of this go way back, go, go back centuries. And only now God is beginning to change that mindset by yeah. releasing new revelation. And really this revelation for the church is triggered by the fact that God chose in our day to bring the people of Israel back to the land he promised them. We're the first generation in 2000 years to actually see this as a yeah. earthly reality. What yeah. God promised millennia ago now is a is is a re everyday reality for us, uh, as we know, just by picking up the newspapers. Yeah, it's, and it's amazing to watch. I mean, I'm I'm only in my 50s, so uh, you know Israel was well established when I came along, but but even seeing what's happened since <laughs> since the time that I was born until now, uh, just is absolutely incredible to me. And and so I ask you that question about you know how many times does God actually mean Israel? Because we know that there's this this deception out there, this teaching out there that says that that once we get to Yeshua, once we get to Jesus and the new covenant, that, uh, you know, God no longer means Israel, he means the church. So just kind of give us a, a little bit of a, a, an aerial view of what is replacement theology and and how, how do we get here? You know, what where does it start and how do we get to where we are today? The, the basic theological uh, belief uh, of uh, or stance of replacement theology is that because of the failure of the Jewish people to recognize and to accept and to uh, and to trust in Jesus, God has rejected them and basically broken the covenant that He made uh, with the fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and replaced the people of Israel in His redemptive plan with another body called the church. And usually when we say the church uh, in the, uh, throughout, his, throughout the history of the church, it has come to mean the Gentile church, the church without the Jews. Hmm. And so we say the church is people who believe in Jesus have basically replaced Israel in God's plan. God no longer has a plan uh, for Israel. Israel, the people of Israel, the Jewish people don't figure as a, as a people in God's um, salvation plan for the world, uh, because now it now it's up to the church, and and we carry the destiny and the will of God uh, uh, into the future to the return, uh, and uh, this replacement uh, basically causes us to divide the Bible in two, and uh, uh, it goes back um, even further than the, the Protestant reformers goes all the way back uh, to the even predates the Catholic Church. The roots of this are very, very deep. Uh, right. and, and that's why this change is is so significant for the church today. Yeah, and so that what you just described, you know, could almost be construed as as anti-Semitic in in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, what happens, uh, this isn't, uh, you know, something I was going to ask, but but what happens to to the relationship between Jews and Christians when when this gets sort of misunderstood? Faith in Jesus really began with the Jews. 
they were the only ones with the scriptures. Uh, then, then along came Jesus, himself a Jew, and the apostles who wrote the New Testament, all of them Jews, and the apostle Paul, also a Jew. And there was a big change 2,000 years ago, and the mm -hmm. door was opened to the Gentile world. And, and really, that's the message of the Apostle Paul, that once what had purely been the inheritance of the Jewish people, the people of Israel, now was going to be offered by faith to the Gentile world. This was a revolution. And, uh, and we can follow the very beginnings of it in the book of Acts. But uh, soon after that period, Gentile believers were so eager to accept this, uh, this salvation by faith in Jesus, this Jewish Messiah, that in, in a, a relatively brief period of time, they outnumbered the Jews. So you had Jesus and his apostles, and then the, the early church were all Jews up until Acts chapter 10. Hmm. And then they make the decision guided by the Holy Spirit. The apostle Peter takes the gospel to the home of Cornelius, the centurion, and the, the door gets blown off its hinges and this gospel floods into the Gentile world. But in, in just a, a few centuries, uh, the Roman Empire became the Holy Roman Empire. <laughs> and mm, yes. it became, the, and the gospel went into Europe and Europe became Christianized. And right away, those early Christians, now, now their, their churches are almost 100% Gentile. They're saying, we need our own identity. We're not, we're not Jews. We're, 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 we're Christians. And so they deliberately cut the roots with Israel. They changed the calendar. They changed uh, the, the day of the Sabbath. They reinterpreted the, the laws of the Old Testament. And they basically started what we now consider replacement theology. They said, okay, the Jews failed in their covenant. God is finished with them. And now it's us. And that, that was really, I would say that predates the Catholic church because replacement theology became this standard Catholic doctrine for a thousand years. And then when the reformers came, they changed a lot. They brought us back to the Bible. And many of them had a respect and even a love for Israel, but they didn't really get to the root of this issue. Well, the sad part of replacement theology, the, the belief among Gentile Christians that the church replaced Israel, is that it, it, it grew from uh, just an, the idea of replacement to really a cultural contempt. And so pretty soon Israel was looking at was 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 seen as as the fallen part of of, of God's people and they had failed in their covenant. Uh, they they were being punished by God. So they they deserve to be punished. And and, and incredibly, it, it what developed in the church was a, a, a very evil form of anti-Semitism that became yeah. really entrenched not only in Catholic theology, but we'd have to say also in Protestant theology. Yeah. And, I, and I say this because, because of the persecutions that were visited on the church by the Catholic church. And then also, uh, you know, the Holocaust came out of the most Protestant country, the, the cradle of the Reformation as well. 
Yeah. And I, I want our, our viewers, our listeners to understand just how wrong, uh, you know, this is, uh, but also to realize that because most people say, oh, you know, this is the modern church. We don't really think that way anymore. We don't believe that way anymore. But it's it's very subtle and it's very insidious. And and most of the pastors I talk to would never say that that they are even sort of followers of replacement theology. However, the the evidence of some of that kind of belief comes through uh, in their in their teaching and in their, uh, you know, in their uh, talk about about Israel. And so I think it's important for people to catch this. Um, you talked about sort of 1948, the sort of the sign to the world uh, that that replacement theology was was wrong uh, as as the nation of Israel comes back and gets reborn. How should that change the way Christians read their Bibles since since that point? Well, first of all, we have to and it, and this is a revelatory truth because right. it's it's once you see it, you see it everywhere in the Bible. God mm -hmm. made promises to the people of Israel, uh, to the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob, whose name he changed to Israel. And of course, one of those promises is the promise that they would be a nation before him forever. This is what he promised Abraham, and that they would have a land. He, he promised mm -hmm. this by covenant to Abraham, and it's spoken of as an everlasting covenant uh, throughout the Old Testament. And so, the fact that now the people of Israel, after almost 2,000 years of wandering, have returned to that land. And, and it's important to note, this return to the land of Israel by the, by the Jewish people after almost 2,000 years of wandering is historically without precedent. There's never been a people who, who had a land, who had a nation, who were destroyed and scattered, and then wandered the planet for almost two millennia, and then returned. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that sequence of events has happened exactly once in all of human history, and it happened to the people of Israel, the Jewish people, and it happened to this land, Israel. So you take that historically unique event and then begin to match it with the, not a few times, but dozens of times God says in the Bible, in black and white, that he yeah. is going to do that. He said, I'm promising you this land. It's an everlasting promise throughout all generations. I'm promising you this land and you will be a nation before me forever. Yeah. Um, Ezekiel 36, you know, that the nations yeah. will see and the nations will know, the nations will believe when I restore you to the land. If the, in Jeremiah, if the sun or the moon and the, the, the heavenly bodies are, change their course, then I will forget my promise. Yeah. So, so we see that that God made these promises, and we uh, now we begin to understand that replacement theology really is telling God that His covenant isn't forever, which yeah. which really is not a good position for Christians because we are Christians because we have a covenant with God, with yeah, the same right. God. Yeah, and so it, it's really a, it's foundational for us as as Bible believing. Christians who celebrate our covenant with God every time we sit yeah. at the Lord's table and, and celebrate the Lord's Supper, we renew our covenant with God and the promises, everlasting promises he's made to us. It's really important to know that we have a foundation of his promises that he never will break his promises to Israel either. And that's why this 
the fact that the people of Israel are back in their land, and this is a functioning nation again uh, in our time, really is a display of God's purposes. It's not about yeah. the superiority or even the, the virtuous qualities of the Jewish people. The Jewish right. people are, are not better than any other people in the world. It's a display of God's faithfulness to his word. Yeah, and that's something that should excite Christians that uh, Israel has been reborn, something that should should make them uh, ecstatic, happy because uh, of what God is doing to to confirm the covenant. And uh, I always, you know, try to remind people that when God spoke of a new covenant, the first the first uh, mention of new covenant is actually in the Old Testament, uh, you know, in the book of Jeremiah. And he says he's going to make a new covenant with who? With his with his people, Israel. And so this this new covenant that we all sort of claim as our own and rightly so because of what Yeshua did, this new covenant was first made with with Israel. Am I am I right about that? Uh, absolutely. And, and yeah. it also points to the fact that among Jewish people today who are non-believers, there's a tremendous amount of healing that needs to take place. Because Jewish people who, who are not already Messianic believers, they don't look at Jesus as a friend. And they mm. don't look at Christianity as a movement that has been friendly to the Jews. And they have historical reasons uh, to, to feel that way. Let's talk about reversing that. Let's talk about replacing replacement theology. What is it that Christians can do? How can we begin to reverse this damage that's been done by replacement theology? You you alluded to prayer. Uh, I think that's a, a powerful thing and something that we're advocating uh, people, Christians to do here in Canada to pray for Israel and for ministries and for leaders there. Um, what else can we do as believers to sort of get past this? Well, I think uh, for Christian believers in Canada, uh, it does begin with prayer, mm -hmm. and it, it's not, but it's not just praying for the salvation of Israel, as important as that is. And and I and I want to encourage Christians to pray for the salvation of Israel, but in the minds of many Christians, that means we want all the Jews to become Christians. We want them to stop being Jewish so they can be Christians like us. Mm -hmm. When when. If we read Romans chapter 11, we realize it's the other way around. It's that when we became Christians, we were saved by the Jewish Messiah and grafted into the tree, the Abrahamic tree of covenant. That's what Paul clearly describes in Romans chapter 11. And he also clearly says God never rejected the Jewish people. They were never rejected by God. God was faithful to his covenant and his faithfulness is still on display today. So Amen. I think for the church, we pray for the salvation of Israel, but we should also pray, Lord, give me revelation about the meaning of Israel in my time. And the next thing I would say is come to visit Israel as soon as this pandemic is over. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Peter, this has been wonderful. And thanks for giving us that overview. I, I think it will really help uh, listeners, uh, viewers to understand a little bit more uh, about this this idea of replacement theology and why it's so uh, really damaging in, in the church and in the body. Um, 
I appreciate you taking the time with us today. I want you to talk a little bit about your new book, Equip, before we finish. And uh, when when will this be released and how can people get a hold of it? What's it about? Well, uh, thank you, Jeff. First of all, I, I want to say I'm glad you gave me a chance to, to share, not as an academic or a theologian, but really it just as, as a local believer and a Bible teacher. And um, Equip, is a series of Bible teachings, and, and I'll be very brief. It starts with the revelation of Israel as the fulfillment of God's promises, but it takes us from there to the kingdom of God. Because when you put Israel back in the place where God intended it to be, what, what emerges is a vision for what he, he means by the kingdom of God. And then after that, my conclusion is that unless we make disciples, we will not see the kingdom come. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not through politics. It's not even through massive church rallies or even numerical growth. It's through the making of disciples of the kingdom that the kingdom actually comes. And so that book is a series of teachings to equip because the New Testament teachers, the apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists are, are given for a purpose, and that purpose is to equip the saints for their work of service. And so it's, this is a, a teaching to equip the church to be disciples, to bring the kingdom, and uh, prepare the way of the Lord. It, it was just printed in Israel last week. Okay, last and, week. Uh, okay. we're going to upload it and and offer it on, yeah, as a kindle book through uh, the amazon uh, amazon online publishing hopefully next week okay all right that's good information and uh, if people want to learn more about you and and buy your books we'll send them to your website peter sukahira.com that's peter t-s-u-k-a-h-i-r-a Dot com if you're uh, just listening on audio and uh, we'll also post that in the video. But uh, Peter, thanks again so much for being with us today. And uh, I hope that the next time we talk, I said this last year when we when we did our podcast, but I hope that the next time we talk, uh, we can talk face to face in Israel uh, right there on Mount, Mount Carmel. That would be amazing. Thank you, Jeff. It's always a pleasure and you're always welcome here. I'm looking forward to that. Thank you so much. God bless. Well, thanks for tuning in to Keeping It Israel today, and I hope you enjoyed the show with Peter Sukahira. I always love talking to Peter because he brings such incredible insight and wisdom to this conversation about Israel and the church, and specifically this conversation about replacement theology. And I hope that you learned a lot today, as I did. You know, I've talked about this many times with different people, uh, but there's always just uh, some other little nugget of truth that uh, we can glean from these newer conversations. I want to remind you that Peter mentioned the school of ministry that he leads. It's the Mount Carmel School of Ministry, and uh, they do a 12-day tour and experience in the land of Israel complete with teaching that will help you understand all of the things that we talked about today and give you uh, just uh, an in-depth look at the relationship between Israel and the church. And so we encourage you to check that out. And if you want to have more information, go to mountcarmelsom.com. That's mountcarmelsom.com. 
www.ebooksforschoolteachers.com. And you can get all the information there about the upcoming schools and how you can be a part of that. Uh, listen, First Century is a ministry that exists to support the land and the people of Israel and to educate Christians about Israel and about the Jewish roots of our faith. We're a charity. We rely on your generous donations. As a matter of fact, the, uh, the congregation at Carmel is one of the congregations that we help to support along with the shelter that uh, Peter's wife is running there on Mount Carmel. We would just encourage you, if you like Keeping It Israel, if you like this podcast, please consider giving. Uh, you can go to our website, firstcenturyfoundations.com, to learn about the many humanitarian projects that we support in Israel and to find out how you can be a part of this critical work that we are doing. Thank you for your giving and your generosity is making a huge difference in so many lives in Israel today. We would encourage you, Please don't forget to hit the subscribe button on our First Century Foundations YouTube channel. Uh, you can like us on Facebook. And if you're listening on one of your favorite podcasting platforms, if you subscribe to our podcast, that will help us as well. And please leave a review if you have that opportunity. We would love to hear from you. The land and the people of Israel have a special place in God's heart and a critical role in history. And so we remind you again today more than ever before, as Christians, we stand with Israel. Mm -hmm.